0: Hello and welcome to the Divine Renovation Podcast, where we seek to inspire and equip you to move your parish from maintenance to mission. My name is Dan O'Rourke, and I've got two awesome co-hosts, and we've got a couple awesome guests coming up. But AJ, thank you so much for being with us today. AJ, pastor of Deepwater Church and occasional co-host. Yeah. (laughs) So it's great to have you, man. And Father James, always great when you can be in studio with us. It's good to be here, and it's good to, to try to be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. <laughs> <laughs> set, set the bar high, and uh, I
1: think we we'll, I think we can reach it. It's a whole bunch of awes- of awesomeness.
2: This
0: yeah. Way. Well, you know what? I like awesome, and honestly, what I'm really excited about today is the guest we've got coming on. One of the things we hear most often at, at Divine Renovation is sort of the, the challenge that parishes have to try and raise givers and 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 to get the, some of the increased funding they need inside of a parish that's decided that's chosen to go on mission. And so today we've got two guys, Frank and Mike, uh, from Tithely. Tithely's a, a company that, um, that creates uh, a tool to, to, to help parishes increase giving and also keep connectedness. So we're going to be bringing them on shortly because I think giving is so, so critical. And AJ, part of the reason why I asked the team to make sure you could be here with us today is that you've actually had some, some great success at Raising Givers at, at your church at Deepwater.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that we uh, realize does not come naturally. Uh, to people that that people don't kind of wander into your church predisposed uh, to to be sacrificial givers. And so we've spent the last uh, couple of years especially really trying to to drill down on how we can help uh, disciple people mm-hmm. to the point where they they understand the the importance of giving and not just see it as a, you know, this is how we fund our operation, yeah. but they come to understand the value it has as an act of worship, as a part of discipleship, as a thing that forms, uh, them spiritually, and, and to help people kind of have a a well rounded understanding of of why this has been a discipline that that Christians have practiced uh, ever since the beginning.
0: And Father James, when you were pastor at Saint Benedict Parish, you had you did, you worked hard to to, to to instill that culture inside of that community, and and you ended up with a fair degree of success. People began to 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 see the value of of that kind of giving, didn't they?
1: Yeah, we we saw the giving increase probably about a hundred percent over the course of four or five years it was it was gradual even initially you know introducing what we called at that time a stewardship campaign where we did a four or five week campaign of preaching and teaching and inviting people to make a commitment to increase their giving or to consider their giving and be intentional about it and the first time we did it there were there were shockwaves and people were horrified like like what you're doing? What? Like, we got, you know, letters of complaint and all this. But I figured, you know, if, if public television can do a campaign to support their mission, why can't the church? I, I think our mission is probably a bit more important than public television. And and people don't respond viscerally uh, in that way to, like, the you know, the children's hospital when it does a campaign. So... To think have people to think more about the mission rather than simply you know what's what are the ba- the, the the you know the basic costs that we need to cover because that's it's not very inspiring you know help us pay the light bill you know and that's often where where many churches begin is well what's the what are the basic maintenance costs and as long as we cover that if we get any extra great it go, it goes it goes into the bank but um, when you begin to think in a, in a, from a mission perspective. Well, it, it's unlimited, it, it, absolutely. And and so the question is, you know, what impact can we have for the kingdom of God? We can begin to dream about that. And that's always going to be proportional to our ability to actually fund the mission.
2: Uh, uh, it's funny that you use that term mission because uh, I love like your guys' tagline, from maintenance to mission, like that's true for giving too, right? From Absolutely. From maintenance in the most literal sense of like, how do we keep the floors <laughs> clean and the lights on to mission? How do we fund the advancement of the kingdom of God uh in our city like that's that's so important and i think uh one of the things i realized when it comes to preaching that's one of my primary roles is i cannot preach through the new testament without talking a lot about money yeah. because jesus talks he about He talks it so about it more and, often than and, yeah than and anything it, else and it comes up with paul and it, it's this constant theme and uh, i think we we do our people a disservice when we refuse to address this, because the truth of the matter is for most people, uh, I think who haven't come to a point of uh, being fully submitted to the Lordship of Christ in their life for most of the money is uh, the primary driver. Like it drives their career decisions, drives how they, you know what they choose to do with their free time. It, it becomes a primary pursuit for them. And and in a sense, uh, an object of worship, like something that they, pay devotion to and make decisions based on. And and so if we're not helping people to uh, kind of tear down that idol in their life, uh, we're shortchanging their discipleship growth.
1: Yeah. I think there, there are a couple of, of key mistakes that many churches make with regard to finances. Number one, they often contextualize the conversation about the church's need to receive rather than our need to give. Absolutely. And and. That's always going to have limited impact. Mm. I think, uh, secondly, we often, churches will often say, here's what we need to meet our, our basic budget. So it's like, you know, here's the, the, here's the minimum need and the bar is set really, really low. Um, uh, and, and the third thing is that many churches, sadly, even to, even to this day, focus on raising funds rather than raising givers, and that's something that I've become incredibly passionate about over the last number of years. Oh, I love this okay. to the point that when I when I see fundraising events in church, it drives me nuts. <laughs> like yeah. it, it, you want to get my blood to boil? Oh. I could go. I, I've got a rant in me. I can feel it <laughs> swelling up. So I'm going to cut you guys gonna off gonna here. Off, I'm just. Right? I, I
0: think you know this. This was really intentionally done to have you, Father James, and to ha- have you, AJ, because both of you guys have have led churches and you've seen amazing increases in giving. And, and you know, I don't want to. I don't want you guys to toot your own horns in terms of how successful you've been at at, at mobilizing your churches to do that, so I'm happy to toot the horn for you, but you've both been able to do it, and I think there's something really critical about that, and bringing on Tithely, Frank and Mike from Tithely, that will share one tool. There's lots of tools, and AJ, I know your church uses a bunch of them, uh, but there's a lot of tools out there, but I think it's so critical to both equip ourselves from the sense of our mentality, but also equip ourselves from having the right tools in the toolbox. So before we go that way, though, I want to talk about the toolbox, because in front of me, I've got something that feels very special. Uh, I I'd like to, to read from uh, this book, but I can't because it's written in German. Uh, so, Brother James, we got our first copies in the office of the Divine Innovation Handbook translated into German. Here it is. And it's
1: in hardcover.
0: It's in hardcover. And the cover. layout
1: is absolutely gorgeous. And it's I'm calling it the... You know, we we've referred to the the uh, divine Ration, divine renovation guidebook as the DRG. This is the BMW DRG. <laughs> BMW I mean, this G. is this is made in Germany, slick <laughs> and fancy, and it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. So thrilled. for those of you who are
0: watching, you'll be able to see that it is a very nicely hardbound copy of of, of the guidebook, obviously translated into German. Uh, I I've been uh, I've been reading the cover page, trying to pronounce how uh, what it says. It says divine renovation handbook, handbook, handbook. Uh, fur die or yeah di, um, vadlong vadlong vader vader
1: vader vader. Vader. I think I think that's how you say that that
0: sounds I think we got that right <laughs> <laughs> I'm really confident Achtung, Achtung. <laughs> so I, I can't remember how, this book hasn't been translated in, into nearly as many languages as your as your first original book
1: yeah the the guidebook uh, is um is is published in French and German and but I got to say the Germans this is the I've got
0: the original English one here too it's a soft cover great book. Uh, this one's actually better to read if you speak English. And, uh, but you know, it is, uh, it's, it, the content's exactly the same. Uh, it's just a soft cover. And I presume, yeah. cause there's no pricing on the German one. I presume that the English one's a little uh, less, less expensive. Uh, but I'm not actually sure. So, anyways, sure so how, how cool is that, though? Now we've got the, the guidebook in German. Handbook. Hand, Handbook in German. And so we're, we're going to Germany later this year for a conference. Yeah, we've
1: got, uh, I think in sometime in the fall, we're going doing a, a conference in Fulda, which is a very interesting place to do it because Fulda is where St. Boniface, one of the, the Celtic monks who helped bring the gospel to 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 Europe, uh, he went there, I think, in around the 8th or ninth century, I should get that straight, but he, one of the things he did in Fulda was uh, he chopped down the oak of Thor. It hmm. was a tree that the the, the locals worshipped, and yeah. he wanted to show that uh, the God of Jesus Christ was greater than than Thor, and he chopped it down, and they didn't appreciate it, so they killed him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but as uh, it said, the, the, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church, oh, and right. uh, that was the beginning of the, the spread of the gospel in that land. So we're going to Fulda. I'm not planning to chop down any uh literal oak trees maybe some metaphorical oak trees no gardening uh, on the
2: agenda or uh, <laughs> trimming of shrubberies
0: or. so before we started the, uh, the uh, before we started recording today you'd said that you had a short story you wanted to share and i wouldn't let you tell me until we started the camera rolling so i actually don't know much about what the story is you had a,
1: a yeah camera? so it's uh, right now in our diocese we're going through a restructuring uh those who have been following know, know about this and we're at the point we've defined the new the new parishes and we're Approaching different priests to to invite them to step into the leadership role, and of course, it's a leadership role in a in a, an entirely new way because it's going to be leading out of a team, and we're going to be giving support like we've never done done before. But it is uh, it's exciting and a, and a scary time. And I had my conversation was with uh, Father John, Father John Doe, uh, <laughs> and and basically it was it was beautiful because this priest really expressed that he really didn't think he was he he was he could step into the role of, of leadership. And when I asked him why, he said, because I don't have the gifts and I, I don't know what to do. Um, and I, and what was profound about it is that that's the perfect starting point. Absolutely. Cause if you, if you think you've got the ability to do it yourself, according to the old model, you're never going to do it. And if you think, you know, when you, we don't know, it's going to be a disaster. So the, the, the gut conviction that I don't have all, I don't have the gifts. Yeah, that's right. No one does. Not one single person amongst us has all the gifts. That's why you need to bring a team of people around you, not just to help you. The purpose of the leadership team is not to help the pastor. It's, it's together uh, to support the pastor, to do it together, and so to lean on those other, other gifts. So you've got to have the conviction you don't have all the gifts. And secondly, the only way you're going to really learn is if you're utterly convicted in your guts that you don't know how to do it. Absolutely. And the point is that we were we were trained for ministry in Jerusalem and now we're in Babylon and so and it ended up being kind of a profound conversation. And I was really blown away by this priest's humility and his openness and I thanks be to God by the end of the conversation I think he had kind of changed his mind and was open to say okay, I'm That's willing absolutely. to give this a go. And That's I was awesome. I I was really blown away by that.
2: Yeah. It's always a red flag for me when I talk to someone and they think they know what they're doing. Uh, in ministry, like I mean, it's one thing if you've got a track record, and like we think this works. But yeah, that that humility factor that goes—I need other people uh, mm-hmm. on my team, and I need inputs uh, from other people who can help me learn more. That's one of the things I love about the the coaching network that you guys do—is it it gives people that opportunity. To say, look, I've, I have the responsibility and I've got the heart for this, but I know I don't have the full skill set. I know I don't have kind of all everything figured out. And I'm looking for some people who can come alongside me and coach me and help me grow and develop. And, and when we stop uh, looking to people beyond ourselves for, for ideas and inspiration, that's when your leadership starts to stagnate. And that's when you've kind of hit a ceiling and you're never going to be able to, to move forward beyond that.
1: I can consider I look back on my, on over the last number of years at key moments in my own growth and it's, it's always come from a place of, of realizing my incompetence, Experien- mm-hmm. not just realizing experiencing it, tasting it and, and also finding myself in a place where I, I realize I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I don't know how to do this. and, and that's always been a driving force in, in, in growing. And I think you know that's what happens of course when you when you step outside of the box a little bit when you're willing to go in that du- new direction. Too often, though, we, we stay in a very safe place. And, and the thing is that, in terms of my work with other priests, uh, we know how to do the things we know how to do. We, we're not, we have competency in that. Uh, however, the, this, the challenge of this present era is to is to move beyond the things we know how to do because it's a, it's a different world.
0: One of the things that's coming up, Father James just reaching in front of you here to grab a copy of our newest book, uh, Unlocking Your Parish, Making Disciples and Raising Up Leaders with Alpha by you and uh, Ron Huntley. And I know we record these uh, episodes a couple days before they come out, so we're actually doing the book launch party here in uh, Halifax, Nova yeah. Scotia tonight. It's St Benedict Parish, which of course is the, the main character in this book. Yeah, so it's so exciting. I, I'm excited to get the community together to celebrate and to... I, it's just, when, when a book like this comes out, and I mean, the early receptions have already been quite, quite
1: positive. It's amazing. I was actually... I read I read a few chapters last night and it's, it's so funny. You read it, I'm like, is actually pretty good. is <laughs> actually good. I'm enjoying this.
0: <laughs> well, I'm excited to see that how this book is getting out there into the world. So if you're listening to this podcast, it's already too late to have come to the book launch, although we're going to be doing one in, in the UK around uh, the Birmingham event. I'm not sure exactly the date or time of that, but we're in uh, in the UK in a month for a, for a Divine Innovation Conference. And so we'll be able to celebrate the book there in the UK as well. But guys, I'm going to cut us off here because I'm excited for us to, to bring in Frank and Mike from Tidley, And so let's, uh, let's take a brief pause. And we'll be right back with those awesome guys. And welcome back. Now, before I bring on our our friends from Tithely, I wanted to just take a moment uh, to to show you our own app, which was built using Tithely on. on, Well, this isn't actually my phone, but uh, let me let me just click the app here. Now, those who are watching, as opposed to just listening, you'll actually see uh, the, the cell phone screen on, on the feed right now. Those who are listening, I'll, I'll do my best to describe it. Uh, there's a number of different themes that Tidely uses. We've got one of them, and you can see that we've got news, videos, uh, our, our commit button, which we have on our website, along with events and, and give in our conference. Now, this is just, it's such a beautiful app. I think it looks gorgeous, those images. In fact, I love the events image, which was from a conference we did when we were in Germany. It's this big, beautiful stadium. There's over 10,000 people there. It was so much fun. Uh, if I want, if I go really quickly into news, just to give you a sense of what it looks like, there's a huge list of articles that we've we've written. Uh, if I if I click on one of them, you'll see the way it would work. You, you, this one happens to be uh, what is Father James Balin reading right now. Uh, it's a little bit of date in the sense of that this one's a little older, but uh, I, I imagine he really enjoyed completing the Benedict option. <laughs> uh, but it, it's just a great way to be able to share news with with people who love divine renovation who want to stay connected with us and our team. Uh, and what, of course, we as a as a ministry, we're also a charity. We're we're a legally incorporated charity, and of course, if you're running a parish, you're a legally incorporated charity of some sort. And giving people the ability to give is so critical. Our give button is right here. It's got a little picture of some hands tapping a cell phone. That's the encouragement. And when you you click it, you get shot right over to this this screen here. Now, I'm actually using... um, our media director's uh, cell phone, this is his iPhone. So I'm just gonna go ahead and donate $100,000. Uh, you don't mind that, right, Nathan? There we go, 100. <laughs> Thousand dollars. I really hope this works. Uh, and 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 I'm going to cover the credit card processing fees because that 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 seems fair and, and appropriate. Oh, let's do automated. We'll do this every month. Nathan's going to donate a hundred thousand dollars to this ministry going forward. So I, it, I just wanted to show you just how simple this stuff is. It's just Tidely has made this 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 app so simple to use, and so I'm so excited to to bring them on. So welcome, guys.
3: Awesome to Thank be you so here. Much. It's, uh... It's about 6.40 a.m. where I'm at. So I love doing shows this early.
4: <laughs> unless you...
0: Jeez, 6.40 a.m. Now, where exactly? Because you guys aren't in the same place, right? You guys are... So for people who are, who are, who are listening, uh, you're on two different feeds uh, being broadcast into studio here. So, so where are you, Frank?
3: I am Southern California, San Diego uh, in the
4: U.S.
0: Oh, good morning, bud. Good. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mike? Where are you located today?
4: Uh, I'm in Viña del Mar in uh, Chile.
0: Oh wow! Man. What time Jealous. is it there?
4: It's uh, it's about 72 and sunny, and I'm looking at the Pacific Ocean.
0: Oh <laughs> jeez, well that's yeah. I'm not going to tell you like what, what the weather's like AM. here in Nova Scotia. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. we we also yeah. have weather. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we <do. laughs> it's so look, beautiful. guys, there's so much. I'm hoping that we we can we can cover today because I think there's a um, you know. There's so much to learn uh, from what you guys have been up to as, a, as an organization, as a, as a company. Why, why don't um, Why don't you just give me a sense of uh, of what Tidly is?
3: So Tidely, we started about four years ago, and we started off by doing uh, really mobile phones uh, were were coming of age, and the iPhone was growing in popularity and. We were like, hey, there's got to be a way for, you know, people to give on their smartphone because you're you're in church and traditionally, you know, the basket gets passed around, but everyone was walking into church with a phone. So we were like, there's got to be a way for people to give. And so um, our one of our co-founders and CTO went off and built a, a really simple uh, giving app for an iPhone. And. We launched it one sunday and kind of took off from there so uh, we've grown since then we do you know the giving side church apps we even are now doing church management software and things like that Um, and yeah we serve about nine thousand churches uh in eight countries
0: right now wow that awesome that is just, it's so cool so and, and of course the divine renovation um app so so a lot of our, our listeners uh would have, have downloaded our app i was surprised to see just how many app installs we had i was uh, just the other day our, our, our new comms and and marketing guy was asking it was pulling up all of our, our tidely stats and some of those numbers really surprised me in terms of the number of people who've installed the divine innovation app it's so exciting to see uh and so there'd be a lot of
1: people who'd well, be you have familiar. to tell us now you can't leave us hanging like oh, that. yeah right yeah, yeah. Like, like, the...
0: hanging. those are the trade secrets uh <laughs> it, it, it's in the it's it's it's, it's it's a big number. It's a big number, and um, and so and, and a lot of people listen and and view this very podcast. Through, through that app, because I can remember when we were when we were launching our podcast or when we were trying to get people, make it easier for people to, to listen in, to our podcast, some of our, our audience, frankly, weren't familiar with what a podcast was. And so right. even now, when, if I'm asked by someone who's like, well, uh, how do I listen to a podcast? I don't know how to use podcasts. I just, I'll just download the Divine Renovation app. Mm, it's built right yeah. in there.
1: And you have the option between watching the video or or the audio right 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 on the app. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it really simplifies things. And yes. we've had, in our
0: case, we've had a lot of people who've, who've supported our ministry through our app as well. That You know, we've had very small donations uh, in terms of modest size that, that are recurring. Uh, and then we've actually had a few, a few substantial donations that have been able to come through that our app as well. So it's, it's amazing to see just how easy it is for, for people to be able to, to support a ministry. And I think, man, it's so important for, for us to be able to support parishes and churches, and, and so it's one of the key things that that's on my heart. Uh, so let, let me let's talk a little bit about because I, I want to focus if if I could, uh, Frank and Mike, I'd like to focus on sort of the app, the giving platform today. I know you guys are up to more. Actually, Dan, can I can
1: I can I just ask a quick question before you go there, I'm, guys? I'm really curious as to why you you you, you guys went into this. Like, what was yeah. what, what was driving in you? And I, I know that you were you were I think both involved in ministry before you did this.
3: Yeah, Mike, way longer than I, I was youth a youth ministry or a youth pastor for about five years, um, coming out of college. Uh, so that was, you know, I, I served a lot during college, came out, got into youth ministry, my wife and I, for about five years, and then uh, moved into uh, kind of the technology sector at that point. Um, but yeah, Mike, jump in.
4: Yeah, I, uh, I served as a, a full-time minister throughout the United States, uh, going from various churches, from relatively small ones to very large churches. Um, and that was a part of my life, uh, very proud of and really excited that uh, serving for over 10 years, uh, doing that for people throughout the U.S. Yeah, so, I
3: mean, back to your, your question about how it got started, it, I mean, it, you know, churches, um, it, you know, and I guess I can't totally speak worldwide, but in, in the US, you know, churches have, you know, their seasons. And so, um, you know, like your smaller church is very dependent on, or, you know, mid sized to smaller churches are usually very dependent on weekly giving, right? So that moment in service where, you know, you're going to take a couple minutes and talk about the offering and p- people are going to pass the trays and people are going to give their gifts, usually of cash and check. Is a really really important moment for you know the the financial health of the church, right? To pay the bills, to pay the staff, to keep the lights on, those kinds of things. But during you know let's say the summer season in the U.S., you get lots of people that you know they have family in town, they're traveling, they're on vacation, things like that. And so attendance in churches often dips, and right along with it, um, the giving dips, and that mm. can be hard for some churches. Uh, and then you get seasonal things like. You know, uh, Dean, who's our CEO, he was uh, a pastor in Atlanta for 20 years. And so he, every time the winter hit, if there was some kind of snow in Atlanta or some kind of crazy weather, people just wouldn't show up to church. And all of a sudden, giving would dip in these seasonal times, right? Or you get natural disasters, things like that, right? Where there's just, things that affect attendance. I can remember
1: uh, coming from Canada and the weather we're having right now, I remember in winters, I remember some Sunday mornings getting up and opening the curtains with a sense of dread. And it was like, Oh crap. You know, we (laughs) we just, we just lost 5,000 (laughs) bucks. There you go. You, I mean, so you,
3: you felt it right. Like the feeling that, that pastors and church leaders get when that moment strikes. Um, But the beautiful thing about mobile technology is everyone's walking around with their phone and whether you're in church or you're on vacation or you're sick at home, or there's a, you know, a hurricane, like you still have your phone and you're probably trying to find a way to make sure that it's charged so that you can still get on the internet and things like that. So it just made giving something that you could do anytime, anywhere. And then the second piece was we wanted to make it really simple for people to set up automated recurring giving. Mm. So, you know, Lot, there's lots of very faithful givers, very generous people that every single week they bring their check to church and they put it in the basket. and They give $100 a week faithfully. I mean, that, that is recurring giving. You're just doing it in a manual way, right? So we wanted to make that process something that people could automate via their phone. They could set it up right there when they're in church. And now I've got automate. You know, I'm giving my $100 a week, but I'm doing it digitally. I get my receipt. It's all tracked for tax purposes and it's a beautiful thing. So we wanted to kind of solve those two problems. And um, yeah, now, now when the, when you see the snow, uh, you know, you know that half your church is already giving digitally and it's not gonna have as big of an impact on your giving.
2: At our church, I always like to say when it comes to those kind of uh, technology-based giving recurring thing is that uh, even when you don't come to church, your money still does. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So look,
0: guys, I want to give our, our listeners a chance to understand the full scope of what the apps are that you guys develop. The Divine Innovation app, which I, I showed earlier, I mean, it's 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 not... Which is
3: amazing. I <laughs> hadn't seen it yet. But it think, is amazing, I
0: mean, isn't it? So good. Yeah, yeah. So your team, I worked with your team. I'm happy to share that story because it was a really great experience for me and, um, and, and for frankly all along the way, uh, I never confessed this to you guys, but I was totally evaluating whether I feel comfortable ever bringing uh, you guys on and, and sharing you, you know your technology and your your the, the way my experience uh, of, of working with you I was always I was evaluating it the whole way and at any point, had you guys messed up, uh, this conversation wouldn't have been happening instead, my experience of working with your team and, and the final product was exactly what we were hoping for as a ministry. It was a great amazing. Experience.
3: who uh, did you work with on our side? I need to give them a shout out. Uh, so I worked
0: with uh, a few different people. I worked with Sharon and I'm gonna forget the name, and I'm gonna be really embarrassed about this, and I'll come back to it later. They were awesome people. Uh, and so so amazing uh, what what I wanted to ask you though about or was I wanted you to frame up all the things that your app is capable of because the way our ministry uses it, Divine Renovation Ministry, it's not the best uh, comparison for parishes. Like you know, we had specific yeah. needs that were a little different than a church would have. Uh, and so, you what you gave me, your team gave me five sample apps of churches that you'd already worked with uh, when I was mm-hmm. uh, when I was first starting to evaluate uh, you guys. Uh, five different sample apps with five different themes and five different, frankly, approaches. And so, so what are some of the other ways that you see your your technology, the Tithely app? Um, what what are some of the ways you see p- churches you? using it?
4: Yeah, uh, it's a great question. I think there's a little bit of uh, variance from church to church or parish to parish on things that are important to the local congregation, but some of the things that are universal to everyone using the app, obviously giving is a part of that custom app, but then content, uh, being able to provide that in a cohesive environment Uh, As we know, people are accessing the internet more and more from their mobile phones, and when they go onto their mobile phones, almost 90% of the time it's through an app, whether it's Mm -hmm. Facebook or Instagram, their banking app, what have you. Most people are not going to Google and going to a website. They're pulling up an app to access that content. So this gives the church a way to be able to provide different uh, sources of content now. For example, a lot of churches or parishes have their church calendar on their website, they might have sermon archives on a YouTube or a Vimeo channel or an iTunes. Uh, they might have just kind of di- disparate sources of content. In order for them to have that a cohesive experience in the parish, you've got to go to three or four sites, which nobody's going to do. So the app is what brings that content together to be able to have that cohesive way of edifying the church, providing those types of tools to build people up, to provide encouragement throughout the week. Uh, as you know, and, and I know from being a full-time minister myself, what happens Monday through Saturday a lot of times is, you know, we're just rolling the dice sometimes on people and wanting to have a way to have a touch point to encourage them. Uh, some of the things that are native in the app as well are things that are very important, like push notifications. For example, uh, in inclement weather, you've got to cancel a service. It's dangerous for people to be on the roads. You want to have a way to let them know hey it's okay we want you to stay Mm -hmm. home and here's a way to have some content uh that can edify you while you can't make it to church for a meeting of the body uh those are things that you can communicate really quickly through the app Uh, of course there's a prayer wall that's in there so if people would like to post a prayer request uh particularly in uh, congregations that are a little bit larger where you may not know uh, everyone in the congregation one of the things i always used to laugh about is when, when grandma starts praying for you, you should just turn yourself in. Uh, she's not going to quit <laughs> until, <laughs> until the Lord does something amazing for you. And, you know, if you're being dumb and grandma starts praying for you, you just, you know, the Lord listens to that. So uh, I know for a lot of people having that touch point uh, with their congregation and that type of content. All that sort of thing really is a tremendous benefit and simplifies the way the church accesses that content.
3: One of the easy ways, I think, to think about it is most churches, most parishes probably have a printed bulletin that they've been handing out for a 100 years. Right. And and they're spending money on printing and they're putting in the, the prayer requests, the calendar, the upcoming of, you know big special event. Sometimes people publish, you know, the weekly giving amount to just, you know, report out to the church, right? There's a number of things that go into the bulletin. You can put all those things in your church app. uh, And then you can also have it be interactive, like Mike was saying, like you can show all the video archives, you can record the sermons and put them in there, you can send push notifications, like it packages all that up in a way that everybody is now accessing it. And, you know, the bulletin can now shrink down to you know, I was printing 200 of them and now I can print 20 of them because, you know, I've got 20 people that still want it, but the other 180 are great with a church app. Does
2: does it have, does the app have the capacity for signups? Like for example, if someone's looking to join a small group or if there's like a ministry event that they want to be a part of, uh, is there a, is there a a way for them to sign up for stuff like that or to, to kind of RSVP, uh, to stuff through through the app? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Usually what we do. So we also do, I mean, that, that was kind of a, In our world, a two part question, right? So there's events usually, right? You're running some kind of event, whether it's a free event or an event you need to pay and register for. So we do event registration at Tidely, and that can come right into the app. So you can have it in your calendar. And then also outside of your calendar is an event registration form, right? So somebody could be browsing the calendar and see, oh, there's a men's breakfast, and I want to go to that. And they click the register button, they put in their name and email. And they're right. It's a free event, let's say. Right. And they can register for it right there. Or you could have, you know, youth camp um, in the summer. And that's, you know, one hundred dollars. And I need that, you know, mom needs to register the kids or something like that. So you can do all those things. Um, and then the other side is small groups. And usually small groups are usually um, we don't do like a small group management kind of back end technology. So usually the way people would do small groups is create like a, you know, a Google form or some other kind of form engine that's handling all the different requirements for how to, you know, register for a small group. And, but that can also be embedded directly in the app, right? So, so we're not powering cool. kind of that piece, but we put it yeah. in.
0: Yeah. Nice. For, what I loved is because our, our website, the Divine Renovation website, we have, we have, we still do have something called Click to Commit, where we encourage uh, people who we encounter to commit to being on mission. Uh, that we want right. them to, to embrace being not just a, a parishioner at a church, but being missional at a church. And so we have a, a form on our website where we, we we challenge people globally to do this. And your, your team was able to, just, they literally just imported that form right into our app, so there was actually, yeah. it was the simplest thing. So if, you, if you're if you in the Divine Renovation app and you hit that commit button, that form is the exact form that's on our website, yep. making it so simple and easy for, for both us and for you, because if I ever want to change our form, I, I just have to change my website, and it's automatically being uh, propagated on On the app.
1: So, guys, I want to ask you a question. You know, in terms of the people who are listening or watching right now, and and many leaders who might be thinking, well, that's that's interesting. And it's, but it's my my starting point in hearing this is that's futuristic. That's something that Mm. we probably will at some point in the future do because that's what the future is going to be. But you know, what often happens in the church in terms of methodology is that the future overtakes us and we can sometimes lose a sense of perspective. And what would you say to that church leader who might be thinking that, that okay, that's something we might do five years from now?
3: I mean, Mike will have some thoughts. I'll share mine real quick. I, I think that church, lead, I'm, I'm making a, a wild assumption, but I'm doing it just based on what I, what I see happening in the world. That church leader or somebody on that church leadership or all of them probably have one of these, a mobile phone, right? And they're most likely checking their email, browsing the internet, getting on Facebook. They're probably using it to buy things on Amazon. They're probably using it to potentially order something like maybe they go to Starbucks and they use the Starbucks app or they use Uber to go to the airport or come home from the airport or they, you know, use the CVS app or, you know, there's all these apps to do different things. And either that church leader or somebody on the staff is doing all those things already on their phone. Right. And like church is the place that you don't do that stuff. (laughs) And it's the weirdest thing. Think about giving like what, I don't even know where my checkbook is. Like we have one. And I don't know where it's at. My kids uh, will not know what a check is. They'll never see one. That's true. And so, we ask people to come to church and write a check once a week. And that's oftentimes the only check they write. Mm. So like church leadership just has to recognize that like the the future is here. Like it's happening yeah. everywhere else except for in your church and you're resisting it. And that's yeah. not good because like embrace it. Like having a church app and letting people be on their phones in service is not like a bad thing, right? You can take notes. You can read the Bible. You can, Man, you know, started. submit a prayer request all right the way right
1: there. I was, I was, I was <laughs> filling get at a church this past weekend. and the at the announcements before mass started, it was you know a warm welcome, and it's now please let's everyone turn off your cell phones. Yes, yes! And, and it's like okay. So how do you overcome that stigma? I'm gonna tell you this: this story about four years ago. I had meetings in Rome, and I went, in, I went into the Vatican to pray. And I went into the, the uh, chapel, and there was about 30 foot 40 people praying in there. And I wanted to pray evening prayer. So it's the Liturgy of the Hours, the Psalms, and all this. And I have it on my phone, so I, I whip out my phone. And I'm sitting there, and I'm conscious that, okay, I'm a priest. I'm looking like a priest. I'm sitting in the Vatican on my cell phone in the chapel, and I realized there's probably a number of people probably thinking, "Look at that guy checking his emails in the chapel." <laughs> right. so you know, I'm praying. I'm praying. You know. Well, this Does is the there point, is that stigma. So. There's totally a stigma. It, it's one that
0: absolutely infuriates uh, infuriates me, and maybe it's because of, of my age. I'm I'm, I'm younger. Uh, I'm not young, but I'm younger. And the, and w- one of the things that used to drive me nuts at Saint Benedict Parish, when you were pastor, Father James, uh, but one of the things that used to drive me nuts was uh, we at the beginning of St. Benedict Parish, we have these rotating slides uh, that go up on the big screens, right? And, it, and they usually have some sort of news, uh, or you know, they, they often have admonitions on how to park better. Because uh, St. Benedict Parish might be great at many things, but people parking is not something that we're great at. Uh, one of the things used to be turn off your cell phone, and I can remember it drove me nuts every week. I've reached every single time I saw it, I was going up the wall. And there was a couple eight by ten picture frames around the parish that had the same information, that same message: please turn off your cell phone. And I can remember getting so angry at it. Uh, yeah. Over and over, I eventually. Uh, you know, shout out to Matt Vaughn. Uh, when Matt came on at Saint Benedict Parish as, as comms, comms, uh, one of the very first things he did is he changed that slide to please mute your cell phone. Yeah, that's, that's, now, a, that's a, a respectful thing to do. Yeah, I'm all on board good. for that.
1: Yeah, oh, I must be give, giving away my age then because that's something that I never never even caught on to and I I found it very honestly like if I if I frame it up and I don't just be
0: you know the aggravated uh aggravated guy instead I say look I actually think it repels like we're asking you AJ if I'm asking you hey turn off your cell phone well, I, I like
2: what. What is going to happen here <laughs> that you don't want me to be able to contact the outside
0: world? <laughs> I, th- I think it repels the unchurched. I really do. I yeah. mean, cell phones are security blanket. You want me to turn yeah. off my security blanket? Yeah. Well, yeah. wh- why yeah. would th- why would I turn off my security? I am uncomfortable here already, and so and I think you just that made basically- me
3: feel more awkward because I'm not turning it off, and I'm probably going to pull it out anyways. And <laughs> now I feel like really extra, like I've got to hide it over here, like or. I don't know, put it in the Bible somehow and cover it up and
2: try to totally if you've got, you know, if you're if you're just exploring church and you've got like teenagers that are still at home or whatever and that's how they're gonna contact you if they light the house on fire or whatever and you're going like, I gotta be in contact with yeah. you yeah. know, with my kids or well, I
1: mean yeah, it's a good point. we
3: tell churches like one of the coolest features I think, you know, personally in our app is what we call sermon notes. And so oftentimes, you know, pastors are preparing their sermon and they have some sort of outline and we've given them a way to take that outline, put it into the app in a digital format with things like fill in the blanks or uh, answer the question or free, free field notes. And so it's like I'm in service. I know the pastor's going to preach on something. I've got his outline in my app. And so you can get up to do the service and say, Hey guys, pull out your phones and open up today's sermon notes. And then you get people taking notes right in the app. It saves them for them and they can email them to a friend. They can come back in and answer questions. Maybe they have small group questions that they go and they, they read into their group, their small groups that they meet in, but it's all done in the app. So every single week you can get up and say, Hey church, pull out your phone and participate with me. Right? Like that's powerful versus shut off your phone yeah. And don't talk.
0: And I think, you know? Mike, Mike, I think it was you I was talking to uh, back when we first uh, decided to d- build the Divine Renovation app with you guys. But I think you were talking to me back then about how, that, in terms of engagement, the, the sermon notes were one of the, the parts of your apps when you're working with churches that actually have the highest level of of engagement. People are actually opening up and following along with with, with whatever's being preached. And is, is that right?
4: Yeah, it's absolutely true. It's uh, one of the sections of the app that gets used most. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. I think you go from just kind of going back a little bit and you say, what do you say to the, you know, the leadership of the church of what about digital giving and using your phones? Well, at some point using a check was cutting edge, hmm. right? And we, we, we met Jesus didn't use a check. And I'm, you know, when people say, you know, why should we use this? I go, why don't you pay your, your gifts and your offerings, your ties, whatever you want to call it in gold coins, like he did, you're clearly not biblical. So it's one of those things where people it happens so frequently we get accustomed when we think that tradition equals gospel. Yes. So and then the other question that I have for people is if Jesus was in your church is he concerned about the people there or the people that aren't there? And how do you make your how do you make your church, your parish attractive to bring in people who want to connect with Jesus, who want to have a church home, who want to have fellowship? who want that connection, if we're still running church like the 1950s or 60s, the young people today are like, yeah, no thanks, I'm better off on my own. And in many respects, it's almost like a language barrier. There's people Mm. speaking one language, and someone who's seeking Christ now is like, I can't understand what you're saying. So I think there's aspects of that where the church really needs to kind of take that internal look and say, what are we doing to reach this generation? And the people that are here, they're saved, awesome, fantastic. And it's one of those things I, I was using the other day, the, the example of Paul about parents and children. Children, you should respect your elders. But it also says fathers don't exasperate your children. There are some things that we do in church that are exasperating. And so when we can remove those things to people, then it becomes more of a, a, a family atmosphere. And I think, Dan, you've seen that a lot in your ministry, of bringing revival to parishes and churches and all of that, of trying to lower those barriers a little bit so that people is more attractive to where we're at so that Jesus' message really shines through to people. So I think those are some really good things how technology helps.
0: It, 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 one of the things with the, when, when a parish embraces uh, the divine renovation, I mean, they've become missional, which means they have an expectation that new people are going to be showing up, that people who aren't part of that community are, are, are going to be mm-hmm. checking out that community, looking to possibly connect with that community, that this might become their future. They might actually get into this whole Christianity stuff, right? And one of the things that I, I find fascinating is, is how, what's our connection strategy, so how are we going to get them connected? I know there's a number of different approaches to getting connected uh, at St Benedict Parish. You know, we, we've got everything from connection cards, a welcome center. We, we encourage people to go and touch base. Uh, one of the things I loved about one of um, the tidly example apps—I uh, say examples—it's it's a, a church. One of the churches you shared with me uh, that has a, a, an app. One of the, the very first thing, the very biggest block on their um, on their uh, app was get connected, and it's like that's for the noobs, right? It's like, oh, you you just you, ch- you just downloaded our app today get connected to our church and, and here's the, you know, let's get our information. It's, it makes it so easy. You're reducing the friction to get connected. I love that.
2: I, I'm wondering, uh, I mean, not like a full tutorial, but how, uh, how kind of complicated is it to actually get your content into the app? Do you need to have someone on your team? Who's particularly good with uh, computers? Is it kind of idiot proof? Is it something where someone just calls you and says, make this be the way it is kind of what's the <laughs> process for that and how complicated is it?
3: And we try to make it really easy. I mean, I loved hearing, uh, Dan, your, your experience with the team and Shireen and, and the mystery, other and Carly. person, who Carly will find was
0: the other person who oh, helped me. Carly. to Carly, Carly was awesome. <laughs> Carly, Carly, yes.
3: You were great. <laughs> they're, they, they're both amazing. Um, so I, there's, that's an, kind of a two-part question. So when it comes to like building the app, we do all of that, right? So we rely on, on our customers to help us, have the content right there might be graphics you want to use we need to know where you know where is your calendar where is your website stuff like that right but that's all stuff just kind of pointing us in the right direction and giving us uh maybe your maybe you have brand colors and your logo and things like that right so we're going to collect all that from you guys and we're going to go off and build the app and then the team's going to come back and review it with you and you get a chance to provide feedback and say oh well, this didn't quite like you know, maybe this should go here or maybe swap out that graphic or, oh, that was the wrong link. Let's swap that one out. Right. So there's a feedback, a uh, couple of feedback rounds. And so the building it, building part of it, we, we do all of it. We don't expect our customers to do any of it. We want to make that easy. And then and in the building process, we try to build the whole thing so that you guys don't have to update it Nice, because, you know, you're already trying to update your website and anything that's, like surrounding that, you know, oftentimes they're putting videos on YouTube. Maybe they're putting audio in, you know, iTunes or, uh, SoundCloud or some other place. Maybe there's a blog on their website. They've got an event calendar through Google calendar. Um, right. They have these really common set of tools that they're using around their kind of core website. And we just take all that and feed it into the app. So we just, we suck in your YouTube feed your blog feed your calendar feed your podcast feed any other kind of feed we can think of we just pull it all in yeah. so whenever you publish it right so for this podcast when it goes up on wherever it goes up right uh itunes i'm assuming and maybe youtube like when they publish it's going to show up in the divine renovation app without the team there doing anything
2: yeah. nice no so, right just so, on our so the, the giving side would be really the only thing that you guys are providing in-house and the rest you're just pulling from other sources that people are yeah, updating there, everywhere. Anyway.
3: And yeah, there's things that are sort of like in-house, like push notifications, for example, right? Like we're not going to automatically send push notifications because that's yours. It's like sending an email out, right? Yeah. Like you're going to provide the content for that. So you're going to have somebody that goes in to send the push notification. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and you can do some other things like publish content natively in the app if you want to um so somebody would do that if, let's say you don't have a blog on your website but you do want to have like a <clears throat> a digital bulletin yeah. that's that changes every week right you would go in and and publish that kind of content right so there's there's we try to pull the major stuff and then hopefully it's 10% of the stuff that you're publishing natively in the app, but that's something that somebody's already kind of doing and thinking about as nice. part of their day-to-day job. And you've already, you've got a
2: simple um, interface for that. It's not like people need to know how to code or anything, I assume. No, no, no coding required. Yeah. yeah. No, no. It's, so, uh, cool.
1: so I'm so, so I'm listening to all this. It sounds amazing. I'm a church leader, but I'm thinking, yeah, but this, this must cost a fortune. twenty thirty thousand dollars $30,000. It least. must cost, it must, <laughs> because this sounds too amazing. <laughs> so I feel like I'm setting you guys up here. So
4: yeah, I was like, wait, do you want, do you want
1: James to actually does no idea what it costs. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I I'm really asking. That. I'm really wondering. <laughs> what does this actually cost? To build the app, um, it's just 149 dollars US. Nice. Um, that's to work with a designer, uh, somebody like Dan mentioned, Sharon or Carly. you have got some very talented people on that team. Uh, and then once it's set up, it's uh, $59 a month U.S. moving forward. And that's the sum total. And that also includes text giving, if you would like. There's no additional charge for that. a Very reasonable, very reasonable cost. Um, as you know, if you're going to make a custom app, generally you're looking at four to $5,000 up front. Uh, if you're going to program it from scratch. Um, so we're trying to make it affordable for churches and parishes to be able to get in and have a tool that makes sense and not be a burden to them financially, but a blessing.
0: So the way I looked at it was like, we, we, we spent a couple hundred dollars, not even like so Canadian, we got do, we Canadian dollars, not so great right now relative to the American dollar. Uh, so we spent a couple hundred bucks to get the, the divine renovation app designed into the iTunes App Store into the Android App Store and then we pay $59 a month but that 59 doesn't just cover the cost of the the app you know being live and, and continuously working and, and being updated for us it also covers all the 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 the, um, the giving side of things because w- we are giving on our website so if you look to donate to our ministry through our website ignoring the app if you donate through our min- to our our ministry through the website your that money is also is is being handled by the the tithely fee okay. so it's it's hosting okay. all of that that's nice stuff. and so
3: and, and event well, registration would be a third part of that that you guys may not use at divine renovation but everybody that uses tide as a full event registration platform right so it's like giving events church app kind of all bundled together if, um,
2: if you already have an event registration platform is that something you guys are able to to pull into the app or does yeah, that Yeah you to can be native? you can
3: plug in really almost anything right um like if you like if you have an event registration form from you know, Eventbrite or anywhere, right? Any kind of event registration tool, we can have that show up right in the app. You don't have to use Tidelys. But the beautiful thing about the Tidely side is there's not like an extra monthly cost for the event stuff, right? Churches just kind of get that. And if they want to use it, they use it. If they have something else rocking, they use that and plug it in.
1: I'm going to ask a question, which obviously is redundant because we actually use this. uh, But often when we in the past, when we looked at software packages around things like, like giving, the question was always, uh, can you give a tax receipt that can be used in Canada or is this only U.S. only? Now, obviously, we're a Canadian charity, so I know the answer to that. But can you give us a picture of that? Because we have people <laughs> or listening. Or if you don't know the answer to that, someone's in trouble. Because <laughs> we have people li- listening and watching this podcast from Australia and the U.K. and South yeah. Africa. And, and so so what, is, what, what are the international... Um, factors here?
3: Mike's really good, at, especially at knowing some of the details, but I know that we've gone through it specifically in Canada because of the Canadian tax requirements of what's on the letter, things like the signature and the address and the charity number and, and a few other things that I probably don't even remember. Um, but yeah, so we made sure that our tax receipts meet the criteria of Canada because that's, you know, like 80% more than what's required in the U S so <laughs> just the U S get the U S gets all that stuff, but it does, it's like, we didn't, ha- it didn't matter over here, but in Canada it all matters. Right. So we, we made sure that the tax receipts meet the requirements. Um, and we got that feedback directly from Canadian customers. They're like, here's what needs to be on it. And here's some examples and things like that. So, um, so yeah, so donors can get.
1: And the tax receipts go out like automatically is it all, Automated?
4: So it's a little bit not entirely automated in the sense that uh, the church administrator will need to log in, will need to set a date range for that particular year. So there's some eyeballs on it. But literally, uh, if all of your givers are digital, uh, I know Dan's a lot of them are non-local specific. Mm. You can just check a box that says when it's done compiling for that person, just email them the PDF Uh, It will also create a PDF for your records (laughs) that you can print out and just keep that in the office if you need a backup. But you literally can just there it goes. And it it takes you about 45 seconds to set it up. And if you have a lot of donors, you just go home for the evening while it's compiling. Come back in the morning and it's done and everybody has their receipts.
2: And I I assume people can give via credit card or like directly from their bank account, like via debit or whatever.
4: Yeah. In in Canada, you can't give directly from your bank account like EFT. Yeah. Uh, in in Canada, you can accept uh, any card, any credit card, so Visa, Mastercard, uh, Discover, or Amex. Also, uh, Interac is not compatible. However, I know banks are moving more and more on the debit cards to a Visa or Mastercard branded debit card. Yep. I think there's con- Canadian consumers are pushing that change. So those are accepted in the Tidely platform in Canada. And, and then, in, of course, in the U.S., uh, you can give uh, directly from your bank account.
0: Cool. Excellent. So, guys, I, I here's my, my take on something. I, I, so for $59 a month going forward, I got to believe, I, I, and, and our, our team, our internal team has had this conversation when they found out that you guys were coming on. Uh, a couple of them were like, man, I never have cash in my wallet when that bloody basket comes by. And I would love to be able to give. And I feel guilty when I can't. And, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm just, it's my problem is I'm 30. And so, right. <laughs> so I've got to believe, I've got to believe that, that, you know, having the app is making a difference in some churches. So I, I, mean, yeah. I, I have no idea. This isn't a, pr- I have no idea what you might say. But do you have examples of this making a difference? Are you seeing giving go up in churches? Are you seeing connection go up in churches? Give me some examples. Make this real for me, guys.
4: There's quite a few things on our website. uh, Customer success stories that you can go and read white papers with stats in there where their giving was at beforehand, where it got to after implementing Tithely, how long of a process, what did the leadership do to implement it? Uh, You can see that at get.tithe.ly. Just scroll to the bottom of that page there and you can see customer success stories. But it's... uh, Again, it's one of those things when working with churches, as Frank mentioned earlier in a, in our time, there are people that do a faithful reoccurring giving. It's just manual through check. And there's a lot of people who that's the way that they connect with their act of worship. Yeah. And the worship of giving, right? And so Tidley's not asking for, you know, taking away someone's favorite toy. That's not what that purpose is for. It's simply to come alongside and to assist in the people who forget their checkbook or the people who are tired of writing a check, frankly, and they're just doing it because that's the only option they have, as well as getting those younger folks uh, to start giving, uh, which was fantastic. In fact, I'll just share a quick story while Frank's pulling up a couple of stats on that. I was working with one pastor in a, in a smaller church in the Midwest here in the United States, and we were talking about text giving. And I was like, well, your church's probably a little too small. And you don't really need to have the additional cost and that sort of thing. And he goes, Mike, I don't, I don't care about the cost. The money's immaterial. I want to put a tool in my young people's hands so I can teach them the discipline of giving. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is irrelevant. I don't care if we make money or lose money on it. I can't ask my, my high school students and my college students to go get a checkbook. It's not going to happen. I need a tool that they think is cool that they want to use and in that thing, what you do is tidely, what we've seen is you get a lot of that low-hanging fruit of people really desiring to give. There is a spirit of generosity. People want to. If their needs are being met and they're having a fantastic time with connection and church is going great for them, they want to be generous. Tidly helps fill that gap where people are like, I, I just I don't want to buy more checks or I don't have checks. And so that becomes a low-hanging fruit in that particular standpoint and helps boost giving just in that way. Not that people mm-hmm. are giving more; there's just more people giving.
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: That's what I've seen in you know nearly you know fourteen, almost fifteen hundred churches that I've helped uh, on board since being here at Tithely.
3: So here's like what you asked for stories. We we have quite a few that are on the website, and we hear anecdotally all the time, right? From you know like today, hearing like you love your experience, right? We get that kind of feedback plenty. So. We did this story. We we have a great relationship with um, the Lutheran Church in the U.S. They have you know twelve thousand churches out here, and so they promote tithely exclusively to all their churches. And this church, we just did a story on. They're one hundred and twenty-two years old. Um, you know, like your kind of average size kind of church, hundred to two hundred members. Um, and since they launched tithely giving is up fifteen percent, and you know, like part of the story is like this church used to be supported by um the women of the church like selling chickens and doing bake sales like that's where they started <laughs> right and now they're doing digital giving right 122 <laughs> years later so giving's up 15% and they've got there's a stat in here that I want to pull out real quick um our original goal is to sign up 50 people but we already have 110 users after a couple of months wow so i mean for us that's just gold because this is the most, like, this is what church looks like for most people, right? It's usually a smaller church. It's usually a church that's been around for a long time. They have lots of tradition, but these guys made the leap, and they've got a 100 people in their church using digital giving. Giving has grown by 15%, and it's just such a good story because it's not some big mega church or anything flashy. It's just a, a great church serving their community, doing great work that's gone from bake sales and chickens into digital giving and it's working for them. And it's for what Mike said, it's like, they, they just put a tool in people's hands and they, people walk into church and they don't have checkbooks and they they're like, Oh, I can give on my phone. Like I buy things on Amazon all day. I'm in. I,
2: I, I can't help but think uh, they're one of my favorite sushi places I used to always go to, uh, never had like debit or credit or anything. You had to pay cash And, uh, and I'd go there, even though I went there regularly, I'd never show up with cash. It just never occurred to me because where in the world do you have to have cash or a check for that matter? Right. Uh, now of course they had, you know, a a bank machine or whatever in the lobby so they could make some money off you there too. But uh, that's kind of, I think a lot of folks when they show up at church, yeah, it's that whole, people are not used to, to planning ahead to give. Like they just think if I've got my wallet, if I've got my, you know, my credit card or my debit card or whatever, like then I'm fine finding it. Like I've got access to my financial resources. Right. And, uh, and yeah, that, that idea of going like, no, no, no. Like you need to go to the bank earlier in the week to get money so you can give on Sunday. Uh, or you need to, yeah, again, like I, I don't think Find our family has a checkbook. Yeah. Like,
3: right. Like, or we would, we were always in this scenario where it was like, it was Sunday morning, you know, we got to get the kids ready and get out. And it's like, where, where we didn't use the checkbook in you know, the last week, where is it? Yeah. Like, so That's we're always scrambling, looking in all the drawers. Right. And, uh, and then there'd be times where we would just forget altogether.
2: Another idea I wanted to jump in there too, uh, that, that we found to be very true when you come to those monthly fees, like there's a few different uh, services we use summer with our bank and that kind of thing um, that, you know, if you're talking 59 bucks a month. If one average giver, uh, you know, a week gives that way, who, because they missed church that week because they were sick or whatever, but they still give, like that's paying for itself really yeah. quick. Yeah. That the, the Even if you don't increase the, the number of people giving, which I think you will, just the increased consistency yeah. uh, of givers is going to more than pay that fee. Yeah.
1: And I think yeah. as well, we we need to keep in mind like the, these are good values. The fact that by making things easier, we're actually serving our people. Uh, it's more efficient for us. But these, I think, are secondary things, of course, because the the primary interest that we have uh, from the perspective of Divine Renovation Ministry is that you fund the mission, yeah. Uh, and if and if we can fund the mission to to a greater extent, then then the impact of the church on the community is is greater, and that's what we're about in 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 the yeah. end. Uh, and if, and if, it, if it can make that difference, why wouldn't you go there?
2: I, I actually see a lot of parallels between tools like this and the Alpha program uh, because the whole idea of Alpha, like it doesn't have any truth that doesn't exist somewhere else. And it doesn't have any sort of insight that that is, uh, you know, not existent somewhere else but it's the accessibility factor. Yeah. Like this is a, a, a modality, a delivery method, which yes. people really connect with. That's right. And it, and it makes, you know, timeless spiritual truth that we believe for 2,000 years accessible to people today. And, and I think it's the same thing with these uh, approaches to giving. It's, it's you know, the, the issues of stewardship and issues of the heart, like those are the same. Right. But to be able to say, here's a way you can easily step into that. It's, a, it's an accessible way. Uh, mm-hmm. to begin to practice those disciplines and practice those things as an act of worship. And so I think if, if, uh, if people are having a hard time getting their head around, like, why would we change this? Why would we do it this way? Uh, you know, the, the point is not to have the, the, the options for the sake of the... Op- the point is to make it accessible to people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and so I think when we uh, begin to realize, like, a big part of our job is to, to make things accessible to people, uh, to make it so it's a, an easy step for them to take, um, you know, we, we can get our head around some of these things that maybe feel like a big change at first.
0: Yep. One of the th- because of, of the three of us here on set, uh, I'm the only one who's who's gone through the experience of working with with your team, uh, Frank and Mike. And so, I, I want to just briefly share my experience because I want to I want to head off some of the the oppositional positions that some people might believe, oh, it's too much work. So I want to share exactly how much work it was for me. I built the app. I built the app. I worked with your team to build the app alone. It was a black ops operation here in Divine Renovation. Uh, I didn't tell Father James or any members of the senior leadership team. I didn't let anyone else on staff know I was doing it. And in part, frankly, I wasn't sure if we were actually going t- to launch it because I was evaluating whether I was comfortable with Tithely, the organization, the company. And so, so nobody knew it was totally secret. And uh, so I reached out to you guys, had a couple conversations, I think, I think I had a grand total of three conversations. First was sort of the, 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 the sales uh, conversation I probably had with with you, Mike, in terms of like, Hey, so what are you guys about? What can you offer? Uh, and then after I said, you know what, you, Mike, you won me over. I had two conversations with either Carly or Sheer, And uh, I can't remember the order, but I ended up meeting with both of them. Uh, and so I had conversations with both of them. And um, what was so great was we already did all the stuff that's in the app. Like I didn't have to create anything new. You pulled our news feed off of our website into the app. You pulled our YouTube feed off of YouTube into the app. You pulled our podcast feed off of iTunes into the app. Uh, our click to commit. You pulled that in. Or the donation page was something that's actually what prompted me to start searching. Was we went, we needed a new donation page because ours mm-hmm. needed to be updated with recurrent <clears throat> giving. And and so you, you were able to create that for me. Honestly, I took it was two. I think it was two one-hour phone calls with with sharon and carly and i ended up with a um with a with a, a beta version of the app on my phone like i couldn't believe it it was less than a day's work from beginning to end and i had an app uh, i was I, I was absolutely astounded i think we made one or two tweaks to some photos and uh and that was it that was done we were that was it i had the divine renovation app came into existence that quickly it blew my mind and so what, what i think like father james when you were a pastor would you would you would you be willing to spend less than a full day's work and $59 a month to increase giving by 15% of course of course yeah
1: and i think even just the whole thing of ha- having an app i remember uh three three four years ago saying you know when i was a pastor saying i would love our church to have an app i just never we never really had time to go there but it was always something on my list of things to do because i think the medium is the message as well as a very famous canadian once said and and if we are sh- seen as a church to to try to be all things to all, to all people, to do everything we can to reach people, then that, that means employing the latest, the things that are basically the norm. I mean, the temptation in the church is to think of these things as well, that's, that's new, that, that's, that's futuristic. Well, it's, it's not new. It's, it's normal, and it's been normal for years. And so it's time for us to catch up.
0: Absolutely. So look, guys, we sought you guys out. I'm, I'm looking at you, Frank and Mike. We sought you out. You didn't seek us out. Uh, and we asked you to come on this podcast. You never asked to come on this podcast. It, we did all these things because we really believed in what, what you guys are doing in terms of helping to equip churches uh, to better yeah. connect with their with the people who are attending and to to better uh, give and, and, and live that spirit of giving that we're all called to as as Christians. Uh, now, you did give us a, a, a promotional link. So I'm, I'm happy. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. It's uh, get.tithe.ly slash partner slash divine dash renovation did you get all that it'll be in the show notes click the link in the show <laughs> notes, the show notes. And, and you guys are giving us a, a a small a small kickback for for the fact that we're supporting you but i want to i wanted to be clear that you never sought us out it was the opposite we we found you guys and we thought yeah. wow our experience with you was great and i know it can be great for churches out there who are looking to get increased connection with their parishioners to get increased giving from from their parishioners and make it easier reduce the friction and so mm. I, it was just it's just so great to be able to bring you guys on and so thank you mike for being with us and thank you frank
3: yeah man so good you guys are great a blast. to be here and uh yeah really really grateful to be here and hopefully you know it helps some of the the parishes and church leadership that listens
0: awesome thank you mike and frank for being with us today it was so great to hear about more about tidely and and i just you know it's so exciting to see what what you guys are doing and what you're able to do for churches if you've been listening along with us and you know a church that needs more money Send them a copy of this podcast and and please encourage them to download the divine renovation app. It's a great way to follow along with our podcast as we go, as we release them every week on both audio and video format. Both are in our app. And so we look forward to being with you again next week. God bless.